Hello and welcome to the IDK My BFF Jill podcast. I'm your host Jill and I don't know Jack, but not for real. I'm here to learn more about life by being curious about others and being vulnerable about myself. I'm talking to people from all walks of my life because despite the world being big, we all know it's also very small and you never know when that gem will be dropped that will allow you to grow. So let's go. Hello and welcome or welcome back to the IDK My BFF Jill podcast. I'm your BFF Jill and I'm here to be curious uh, about change and about growth and I'm talking to friends and and not friends to learn from them. Today I'm very excited to have Chasten J. Miles on the podcast. Chasten, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited about this. So am I. Um, Chasen and I have known each other. We haven't talked recently, but we've known each other of each other for like 20 years now, probably, Chasen. Ooh, I'm old. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you've grown a lot in the 20 years since we first met. Chasen is a serial entrepreneur. He's the host of the Power Unit Success Cast podcast. He's a TEDx speaker. He's an author. He's a realtor. He's been featured in Forbes, Essence, Black Enterprise, NBC News Now. He is an external advisor to the Dallas Mavericks, like accomplishments across the board. And I am honored to have a little bit of your time today because I know you're busy. When you and I met 20 plus years ago as young children, I never would have expected to have listed all of those things about you right now. Not in a bad way. You know, we were kids. We didn't know what the future held. But I would love to talk a little bit about, you know, our past and where we started and how we met. So uh, my memory of you uh, when we were younger is lots of energy, positivity, lots of talking, lots of singing, um, <laughs> and just and just like ready to go, like yeah. ready to go. So so how would you describe yourself when we if, is that an accurate description of of you back then? Gosh, I I literally feel like I don't even know myself anymore. Um <laughs> because you know and and this happens a lot every time I am, you know, doing an appearance or a show or an interview and someone reads off my accomplishments or reads off my bio and I'm sitting there like, "What?" I like, you know, it it blows my mind because as we, as I, as I think about the past and little Chasten and, and when we knew each other, I, I mean, there are so many memories. Let me, let me just say that. And they're, they're all flushing back to me right now, no. but I'm going to tell you, I, I looked up to you so much growing up no. because I was like, Jill is the cool kid. Like you, you, you are the cool kid. Um, because I felt like you were so smart and like you, you had all the answers you, you, like, I just felt like you were so smart. And so I, I wanted to, to be around you. I wanted to, you know, know you more. And then we started hanging out and you introduced me to your family and then your family, I felt like became my family. And then me and Janelle kind of hit it off and and we had our little thing and you would make fun of us. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, you know, but it was so weird and and yeah, full of energy, I guess. I, I never thought of myself like as a very energetic person, but I I felt like you and I, there were so many things that we had in common. 
and just meshed well with whether it was music or um you know tv stuff dance dance revolution like it was just you know yeah so oh, I forgot about ddr ddr um, we would have ddr parties <laughs> so yeah yeah oh, it's interesting I it is. You're so right. Everything's flooding back. This is why I'm so excited to have this conversation because I knew there were things locked in the back of my head. I did remember that you and like you and I, I don't remember, like, I'm pretty sure you were, you and I were friends first and then mm -hmm. you and Janelle became close. And, you know, I think when Janelle and I were younger, it was definitely like, are you camp Jill or are you camp Janelle? Like we didn't get along obviously when, when, mm -hmm. when Janelle and I were younger. So I do remember that period of you and Janelle being closer than you and I were. Mm -hmm. um, and then my family, my mom loves you. My dad loves you. Mm -hmm. I mean, your mom would drop you off at my house for yes. DDR, literally just for DDR. I'm have it's coming back. I can see your mom yeah. in my head. Um, and we also the the common thing, you know, my big memory too is debate. Oh um, yeah, you and I were in debate together, and I think that was one of the the things that tied us together. Which we'll talk a little bit later about how that has lended to your business. But mm -hmm. do you have any specific memories of debate? together I do I I remember traveling on in this white van um that sounds hella sketch <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh yeah it does it does but um we were we were traveling to a debate competition that was out of town mm -hmm. and I remember what's her name Miss Miss Burks mm -hmm. um and my my biggest memory about debate, I felt like we were we were on our own with mm. that. Meaning, you know, there was this teacher who was very passionate about us doing this, and we formed this random debate team and we learned debate. She taught us debate. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't know how we funded that. We scraped stuff together and had bagged lunches. And, and we would go to these competitions and I think that was the first time when, when, when I remember you and I truly connecting because I feel like you and I were the most competitive um, out of the whole group. I mean, it was like we got in there and we had to win. And, and, and I don't, I mean, it wasn't like debate was our passion, but it was kind of like, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it and we're going to win. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, those were, those were some really cool moments. I mean, just the anticipation waiting around for the envelope, for the topics, what room are you in? What room are you in? <laughs> I remember all of those. Yeah. Oh God, I need a moment because yeah, I'm like, I see it now. I see it all in my head so mm -hmm. clearly. I think that um, you're right. Like debate's not our passion. We're not fueled by by the act of it. We, we were fueled by winning. Like, yeah. And beating because, another person. And I don't, I, don't, I literally, I, I can't even remember where it came from. I feel like we were sitting in class one day and our teacher just randomly said, hey, we, we're going to start a debate team. And we're, you know, like us that were already kind of like a little click. Mm -hmm. We were the debate team. And <laughs> I, I, I don't know if it was even open to audition for everybody. Like it was just, okay, we have a debate team. Ain't nobody yeah. doing my click. My click being the debate team. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> we're the debate team. Yeah. <laughs> but oh. we were so cool. I felt like we were cool, though. Oh, my God. I, I We did feel like we were this shit. I'm not. Yeah, mm -hmm. I remember that as well. And I want to say, actually, you mentioned in the beginning that you thought I was the cool kid with all the answers. So thank you for that. I definitely um, was that person. Um, and even now, that's what I'm trying to break out of. It's like, I don't like questions. I have the answers, you know, like. And like. I don't, I don't, I don't want um, the viewers and listeners to think like the answers, meaning she knew all the answers to the, to the test. No. Um, but it was, it was more so like, cause I was, I was kind of like a little rebel <laughs> and <were>. yeah. <laughs> and it was like, if I was trying to figure out how I can be sneaky about something, Jill would be like, well, you could do this and do this and do this. And I'm like, that's it. Yeah, I could do that. <laughs> and then I get in trouble. But uh I also thought you were cool because you would do this writing, Jill. Like what? you would do this like graffiti writing with and and like you had a nickname. You had a nickname. Jello. And, yeah. You had that and then you had Jill Baby. Jill Baby. And you would you would take that permanent marker and write your autograph in this like graffiti text. And I was like, oh my gosh, that is so cool. I gotta learn how to do that. And, and, and like, yeah, it was just little things like that. Like, and you would tell me, yeah, I went to the mall and I was like, you got you got to go to the mall. And then and so yeah, I just thought you were cool. Yeah, I thought you were cool. Well, I think you're super cool now. I want to be you now. The tables have <laughs> turned, sir. Uh I, I I joke, but I'm not joking. I definitely peaked in high school and then you know that was it for me. Yeah. I was like, uh in high school, it was you know, captain of the debate team at the next school that I went to, and you know, you know, president of DECA and all those things. It's like mm. I burnt out so early on, and now I'm just tired. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, I know. Um, no, those are great memories. Yeah, debates stands out for you from with with me for you and my did you ever meet Igor I feel like no. you know. okay oh, so those no. are, you're you're my two debate memories um mm. so strong and again it was just like competition and honestly I, if I remember correctly it was kind of like you became uh, the best at it better than me for sure it's like I was the person who's like you know th those who can't do teach that's how I always felt. And everyone around me around me ended up being better than me, but that's totally fine. As long as you were still winning and we were on the, you know, same team, it, it worked out. But we yeah. we've come a long way from then. You know, and and now that I think about it reflecting back, I I I I am a very competitive person. Mm -hmm. And and not competitive in a sense that I'm competing with you or anybody mm -hmm. else. But anything that I do, yeah. I want people to say, like, he did that the best. Yeah. Like, he he did better than anybody. And I don't know if it's attention or, you know, I just do not want to ever feel like I was half-stepping. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I always expect to be put up against people that are so much better than me. And so I think that I push myself harder and at the end of the day, I realized that, you know, based on feedback, this isn't even me being cocky, but based on feedback, I put more pressure on myself when everybody else isn't doing that, you know, mm -hmm. and it's, it's, it's been a little struggle and I've, I've had to deal with some things when it comes to that, but, you know, just, just extremely, extremely competitive with, with myself, like literally. 
I feel the exact same way. I do not care about you or what whatever you're doing. But mm -hmm. if I'm setting out to do a podcast or if I'm setting out to do whatever, then I got to do it because I told myself I was. Yep. Yep. Like that's what matters. And if I remember correctly, we're both the oldest of three. Yep. 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 And I, you know, you're the oldest of three boys. I'm the oldest of three girls. So I'm sure I'm very much into like sibling dynamic, yeah. uh, the psychology behind that. Um, I think you and I fit into that first child leader competitive role. Do mm. you think that your brothers fit into the typical like middle child and youngest child as well? Yeah, meaning they get to do whatever they want and nobody says anything. <laughs> like, <laughs> that oldest child resentment is alive and real. Yeah, yeah. Like I could have never got away with that. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, I do. You know, and I mean, even from a parental standpoint, or not that I'm a, the parent, but I can even see those bonds there, like who's the mama's boy and and who gets all the attention and who has the high expectations, you know, which is me. And then, yeah, like even, even my two brothers, one of them has never left Houston. Like he's never left Houston stays very close to my mom like you know won't travel far they do a lot of stuff together my youngest brother actually broke away and he 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 moved to Dallas for a little while he's back in Houston by the way he's married now with a baby I, saw I know an uncle and I was like wait a second yeah How yeah old are we <laughs> crazy crazy yeah. and 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 yeah like even even how they talk to my mom and how often they talk it's different from for me not that I don't care to talk to my mom but it's just like you know and then even them them too they talk way more often than you know they talk with me yeah. um I speak with my younger brother a lot but yeah we're definitely in that in that mold yeah, it's so it's and then it's interesting to me that you and Janiel got along or got became so close whenever you guys did. I don't do you do you have any remembrance of like how that relationship flourished or started? Out of rebellion. Oh um, yeah. Okay. There you go. No, I and like I mean, and not that we were rebelling against anybody, but I think like Janiel was trying to be, you know, not me. The badass. Yeah. And, you know, I was, of course, I was bad and I would get my ass beat all the time. So it was, it was just like, okay, you know, I could be badass with, with somebody. Yeah. Um, and so I think that was more so the dynamic there. Yeah, that makes sense now that I think about it. Um, yeah. I, I I remember very well right now what's standing out to me. I think it's like my 15th birthday at my house where I had like the bouncy house in the backyard. Mm -hmm. um, there's one that's a very old picture of you and I. And, and that I think was probably one of the last times we saw each other. Isn't it crazy how as we grow older, all of a sudden people just drop off because life, you know? And it's like, what happened to you in the last 15 years? Oh my gosh. It's... Yeah so crazy to think that some people are so close to us and then all of a sudden they're not and it wasn't a conscious decision on either of our parts it was just literally growing up right and yeah. moving yeah forward. and 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 it's important to know you know in the, in this lifetime yeah we're gonna meet people we're gonna um come across people some people are there for a chapter but there are some of us who 
Um, our souls have been connected for a while and no matter how much time passes, it always circles back around and you and I may not know this at this moment, but the fact that we're sitting here on this podcast after 20 years or however long, there was probably a soul intention that both of us had that is bringing this together how it is so you know oh I totally agree with you I think we're on this again we haven't talked in so long I'm happy to hear that we're still on the same wavelength in some kind of way um that this kind of you know this is not what we previously discussed talking about but like it's it's I'm leaning towards this right now um we definitely have it sounds like an appreciation for the universe and the plant you know whatever whatever the universe is bringing to us we're both about you know manifestation mindset motivation um being open and to receiving whatever the next step is can i ask you know are you religious anymore or at all are you like spiritual are you into astrology like what's the guide what's kind of like the framework for you now all of it. I mean, I'm I'm not really into labels, mm-hmm. um, but I'm definitely far from how I grew up. Yeah. Um, I grew up in the Baptist church and I mean, we would be in church so many days a week. And, you know, as an adult, I started exploring and I've explored different things. You know, it, it started with what are the celebrities talking about? Like, uh you were Kabbalah, Scientology. Kabbalah. yeah yeah <laughs> you love Madonna yeah yeah and so it it started having me to explore and I'll say you know going down the path that I've been down especially during my entrepreneurial journey and and business um it was very important to me to find answers mm. because I, I, I had to, I had to be able to, to make it right. Like there are so many things that, that we do and that I go through and that I've had to endure and learn. And if my mind wasn't strong, I wouldn't be able to do it. You know, it's, it's forced me to seek out and see life in a totally different lens, um, different perspectives very spiritual, um, very much so about energy, the energy of people, the energy of um, intention, um, all of it. And I feel like that is a major contributor of even my growth. Yeah. Well, you said, you know, needing to make it. What was your motivation for quote unquote making it? Was it providing for your family? Was it proving someone wrong? What was the motivating factor for you in making it? Um, you know, I think that it was trying to prove that I could because growing up, we're put on this path where it's like, go to school, you got to go to college, get this degree. And once I got to college, I, I, I was one of those that figured out that it wasn't for me um, pretty, pretty quickly. Um, but I'm that first child. So if I'm like, I'm about to drop out, you know, oh my gosh, the world was ending and I was getting every conversation, every bit of everything. And so it became like my mission. I was like, okay, I got to prove that 
I can be great without this because right now nobody believes me. No, you know, everybody thinks that I'm throwing my life away and I got to prove something. And so that really fueled it to the point where it's like, hey, I want to prove that I didn't have to go to college, right? Not not out of rebellion or not out, not out of saying that college is bad, but it's like, hey, I know I'm disappointing y'all right now, but let me prove to you that I'm going to make it all better. Right. So I think that's more so where it came from. It's every entrepreneur that I've talked to has a similar kind of story. You know, mm. people who didn't believe in us, whether that be our parents or mostly it's family, right? Because they're the people mm. closest to us. Um, it's people who didn't believe in us and our unconscious, subconscious need to prove that, yeah. you know, we can and we will. Um, and I totally understand you on, on the example that you were setting, right? Because that's that was your probably your mom's concern. It's like, if you don't finish college and that tells your brothers, they don't have yeah. to finish college. Yeah. And, and it, it that responsibility extends so deep. I remember when I got my first tattoo, um, my mom lost her shit because by me getting a tattoo, it tells my sisters they can get a tattoo. Mm -hmm. It's everything. It's college, it's tattoos, it's it's your attitudes or your feelings. We have to, as the eldest, whether we like it or not, really contain ourselves into a box yeah. uh, that is not, that it's put on us for the sake of other people. <laughs> yeah. And you know, there's there's pressure from that that comes from both sides because mm -hmm. there's hey you got to set this example for your for your siblings right mm -hmm. so there's that pressure and then there's the other side that comes from the parents where it's like I messed up this or I didn't get to do this or you know you need to be the first one to to do this and I'm like that is that's a lot for for one person you know. Um, and and if you don't have a strong mind trying to navigate all of that, it can be very destructive. It could be very destructive. How did you have a strong mind? I mean, we were so young in college. Like, think about it, right? Like our brains are not developed until we're 26, like physiologically, biologically speaking. Do you, were there mindful practices that you had back then to keep your mind or your spirit strong that you can remember now? Or do you feel like it's just kind of innate in you? Yeah, no, I didn't have them back then. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I probably started to gain them around like 24. Um, and it was after I started reading this one book, it was probably the first real book that I read in my life. Um and it was Tony Robbins' Awaken the Giant Within. Mm. And once I read that that book, it was, I think the reason why it hit me so hard was because I had never heard or experienced or been exposed to that type of language before. And, and that type of thinking, you know, I, I, I had never really been encouraged to do more. I never, I mean... It just didn't exist. And so when I read that book, I was like, wait a minute, like what is what is this side of life? What is what is this side of of the world? And that's what sent me on the journey. And it was kind of like, okay, well, this man says that if I think big, then I could be big and I can have this and this. So I started to consciously do it mm -hmm. and and try to practice it. 
And it was more so like, a let me see what, what happens, you know, because this was just one book. It's, it's not like how it is on social media these days when you get on there, everybody's talking about manifesting, everybody's talking about law of attraction. This was literally one book. And so I was like, I'm about to test this to see if it's BS or whatever. And things started happening. Things started moving. I started to get a lot more intentional and more serious. And you know, when great things start happening, you want more of them, right? So yeah, so it's like, okay, I need to feed myself more of this stuff, more of this knowledge. Then me, I start going down a rabbit hole. Um, but, you know, I just, I get very, very, very curious. I think that's the appropriate word for no, it's, it. That's, that's what I was thinking. You're like, you read something and you're like, let me test this. That's curiosity. Mm -hmm. I have that naturally. I'm like, no, yeah. not at all. I'm like, okay, facts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I'm not, I guess, you know, I was never, when you were saying that you were never encouraged to think or want more, I was never encouraged to question anything. Mm. Right. And yeah. so there's, I have no natural curiosity because it was raised like if your mom or your dad tells you or your auntie or your uncle tells you to do something you do it no questions asked right yeah. and that kind of translated to everything else in my life and I wish I had more of that natural curiosity and gusto because I actually think that that's one of the reasons why if you want to you know whatever your definition of success is but successful business owners and entrepreneurs are curious people they're testing things out that's how they grow right which yes. is Part of the whole reason I've started this whole thing is because I am passionate about growth. I think it's the way that we know that we're living, right? Yeah. If, if there had been no growth between when you and I last saw each other at 15 to now at 35-ish, less, sorry. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> yeah. If there had been no growth, we'd have nothing to talk about, right? Mm -mm. Right? Nope. So yeah. I totally hear you. I love how you mentioned you know, I feel like for everyone, there is always this one book. Uh, two people that I've interviewed who are entrepreneurs, you know, had mentioned Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which I feel is another one of those, like the Tony Robbins book, uh, that it's kind of just like a baseline, but it just goes to the power of written word. Mm -hmm. Yes, on social media, and you do it right. You know, people are coming to you for those snippets to learn. That's what people are looking for, because our intention span is so short now. But the power of written word is like, look at how that one book changed your life. You know, and I want to kind of use this as a transition to how you got into real estate, because I what I remember starting to see on Facebook was you posting about a book that you had self-published. Yeah, yeah. I, in my entrepreneurial efforts, have um, done some project management work and I helped someone else publish, self-publish her book. And I was like, oh, Jason's publishing a book about real estate. And this was before you're as, you know, as I, would, I don't know if famous is the right word, but like as, yeah. followed, <laughs> as followed and famous as you are now. So I have been watching you from the background and, you know, sending you good energy. I want you to know that, like, even if we weren't communicating as an entrepreneur from one entrepreneur to another, I was watching you. So you broke into the real estate industry, like in 2014 ish, right? As yeah. like a uh, yeah. quote, broke solo agent. Yeah. Um, and then you published a book in 24 years later in 2018 called The Real Before the Estate. What I wish I knew before I started real estate. First of all, catchy as fuck. Love it. <laughs> um, so let's talk a little bit past to your present, which is how and why did you get into real estate? Sure. So I'm not sure if you remember this, but I was living in Georgia for a while. So <laughs> I was living in Georgia and um this was, you know, after I graduated high school and I was off to college. So I was like at that age now where I'm 
supposed to be figuring myself out. And I was very recreational during that 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 time. Um, meaning I was going out all the time. Yeah, yeah. I was going out all the time. Um, every day of the week. I mean, besides maybe Mondays, we were in the clubs or in the bar. Like Atlanta's a very it's a very popping place. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I was going down this path, right? And I don't know how I was even surviving. Like, how was I going out every day? I don't even know. But it got to the point where I said, okay, I'm ready to move out of Atlanta. I felt like so many people were taking advantage of me. You know, this is when it was starting to turn into this um, Black Hollywood. Everybody was famous. Everybody could get you somewhere. And so you would do things for people and nothing would, would happen. I was just tired of it. So I said, I want to move to New York or LA. Everybody was like, oh, it's so expensive, this and that. I said, okay, well, I'm going to move to Texas for a year. Then I'm going to move to New York or LA. I'm going to go make a bunch of money. So I was thinking, how can I make a bunch of money? What, what, what can I do? Everybody kept saying real estate, real estate, real estate is how rich people, wealthy people, they all have real estate. Okay, great. Up and packed my bags, moved to Texas, um, moved to Dallas and got my real estate license. Now, I didn't know anything about real estate. I didn't, you know, I didn't grow up with a passion for real estate. I was just told that this was a way that you can make a bunch of money. So got into the business and no lie, it's probably one of the hardest things I've ever done. Like it got to the point where I had depleted all my money, right? I was walking out of my apartment one day to go host an open house and my electricity disconnected, right? So I, I had to go out and and be in front of people and smile. Meanwhile, my electricity is off at my apartment, right? Not to mention that same open house nobody showed up. So I'm in this older vacant home, no furniture. It's kind of scary in there and nobody's coming in. It got to the point where I I remember walking to the front door and I turned the lock on that front door and I immediately fell to my knees, bawling my eyes out. Mm -hmm. I was having a full on breakdown because in that moment, I felt like a complete failure, right? I told all these people that I was moving up and about to be successful. I'm about to work real estate, then be big time in LA or New York, putting all these pictures and faces up on social media, you know, my realtor headshot, because you got to present yourself that way. And here I am, no money, electricity at off at home. What am I doing? Like, what the heck am I doing? And so at that point, you know, I had to make a decision. Do I continue down this road or do I go out and get a job? Well, if you remember what I mentioned earlier, me going out, getting a job, that would have equaled, I told you so, you know. Uh, the word that just popped in my head was failure, right? Because yep. that's, that's how I would have seen it, yeah. You should have stayed in school. You, sh- you, sh- you should have did this, right? And so the real before the estate, actually came about when I said, hey, I wish someone would have told me all this stuff about real estate because I probably wouldn't have 
made the decision to become a real estate agent had I known it was going to be like this, um, especially in our industry. It's still the narrative. Oh, you can make so much money. Real estate is easy. You just got to pass a test and this and that. No, it's not. It's 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 really not. And so the real before the estate is literally about the realness of what it's like to be a new real estate agent. And my whole mission with that was either you're going to read that book and say, hey, thanks for the heads up. I can do it. I'm going to go down this road. Or you're going to say, no, nah, fuck this. I'm, I'm, I'm done. Yeah. No, I, 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 what I love is productivity and efficiency. Right. And you're helping it. You're helping other people be efficient. You're taking, this is also my passion in, in life, not in the real estate sense, but it's the same foundation is that like, if I have gone through something and I can share that information with you and make your life a little bit easier, then that's my, that, then I've done my job on this planet. There's not going to be a statue of me somewhere, but maybe that I saved that one person five years of their life you know, struggling as a real estate agent in your, you know, in your world. Um, I saved them five years by, by this one book that I've written with the information yep. and sharing yep. that knowledge is so, is so powerful. Again, back to written word, your one book could be that one book that changes someone's life, which is really yeah. special. Um, yeah. I feel for you so much. I can, I can see in my head that breakdown. I, you know, whether for you, it was a real estate situation for me, it was like my separation and divorce, but I know what that pain feels like on the inside where you just feel like, why universe? Like, yeah. what do I do? Yeah. What do I do? And so you took it into your own hands. You used the book. Would you say the book writing? It was kind of like therapy. I think so. I think so. It was, it was kind of like therapy, but it was also, a, a way for me to, I don't know, talk more and be more expressive. You know, um, as you're building a business, you don't really want to put out there on your same marketing channels that you're trying to get clients. And, you know, we got to put on this real estate presentation that, or how much you're, you're struggling. Right. And you 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 want to have that image and have that attraction do what they're telling you to do and so i said the only way i'm going to be able to get this out is through written word um i never written a book before and and heck it's i'm not the best writer but people people have found such value in that book and i i think that it it wasn't maybe a little bit of it was was therapy the one I'm working on right now is is definitely Ooh. therapy, um, but that that book was more so. That was my first bit of I really want to help people. Mm -hmm. Like it's not about me anymore. Mm -hmm. I I really want to help people. The, so, the intention changed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you 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 self published that book, um, and then when did where, when was the shift in your career? You know, when were you able to turn the lights back on and not have to worry about them getting shut off again? Oh, man, I would say. Probably shortly before the real before the estate. So, um, you know, I completely changed my whole situation in a sense that like. In that moment, and once I recovered from that, I said, I never want to be in that position again. I I I want to do everything that I can to not be in that position again. That's what brought on serial entrepreneur. Um, you know, my my backup plan was never to go get a job. My backup plan became okay. I got other streams that are there for backup. 
right? But I I, I want to make this thing work. And so, you know, that was that that major shift. I completely changed my surroundings. So I moved into the city and I kept placing myself in very uncomfortable situations because I noticed that it got that hard and that rough in order for me to to snap, you know, snap Bring into action. It. Yeah, it, it, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so instead, I chose to flip flop it because remember, I said, I don't I don't want to be in that position no more. Um, but what I, what I would end up doing was um, I went and got a high rise apartment, right? Rent knowing that I couldn't afford it looked nice and I felt good in it. But now, now that I have it, I got it. Hey, I got to do what I got to do to afford it. Boom. Now I'm going by a luxury car. Same thing, right? I'm 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 doing all of these things not to be flashy, but to keep myself pushing forward because I did not want to get comfortable. Even today, I don't let myself get comfortable. And so I'm going to continue to either acquire or place myself in, in rooms or with people that bring me out of my comfort zone. That's the only way that I can grow personally. I, again, we're on the same page about that. In a weird way, I always say like, you know, it's like a crash, burn and learn. Like you got to put yourself in that scary situation, or at least you and I do. Not everyone is like that. Mm -hmm. But to wake that person up inside of you, who's going to be like, let's do this because yeah. we have to survive. So um, I love the, you know, you knew you needed to grow. And one of the first steps you took to make that change was to set your surroundings up, whether that's moving to a new city, moving into a different apartment so that you could align your mind right with the things that mm -hmm. you were trying to manifest. That's what I'm hearing. But I want to talk a little bit about like the stress that came with that, you know, mm -hmm. right? Like you just said, I got this apartment that I know I can't afford, but I got to do it. And that's very stressful. Like, am I going to have the money for rent next month? At the, back then, what were some of the ways that you managed that stress or anxiety? Because I feel like that's something many people, you know, struggle with in many different aspects of, of life. Yeah. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say that I was stressed out because by that point, you know, I was, I was making a little change. Yeah. Um, however, I wasn't making, I mean, I was, I was pushing myself up to the, to the next level. Now, the reason why I wasn't that stressed was because I knew exactly what I needed to do. Mm. And so it wasn't like that first situation where I was very new and it was like, what am I doing wrong? This time it was like, okay, if you're not making the money or you're not making rent, it's because you're fucking lazy or it's because you're you're not doing what you need to do. Like, you know what to do now. You're you're in a position where you're telling other people what to do. So you better okay? do it again. So. Yeah. yeah. So so you got to do it like I, I, I couldn't let myself be stressed because I would be stressing on me not doing what I got to do versus, you know, all, all the other stuff. So that came down to not more so like a stress or figuring out a, a situation. It came down to a different grind. Mm. So now I got to grind differently, right? I got to, I got to truly start to work smarter, right? I was still working hard, but now I really got to start to work smarter. I got to learn the ways to scale, right? Because before, yeah, I was comfortable. 
I was in that other apartment. It was shitty. I didn't like it. Right. But I had money to spend in, in my pocket. Right. I, I could do extra stuff. I was comfortable and I needed to get out of that comfort zone because if I didn't, I wouldn't I wouldn't have sought to do things differently. You know, so that second move was more of a it, it taught me a different grind. So that, that was the, the change in your growth mindset, your growth and your grind mindset. Right. Happened yeah. at, at that time. So you were you always a solo agent? Um, you, you were always a solo agent. You did the work yourself. And then when that growth mindset changed, you were like, okay, I need to get help. Like what were some of the ways that you implemented new systems to help you take it to the next level when you realized you had to grind different? Yeah. So I, I started out with getting, um, my first assist assistant and they were a virtual assistant. Um, I didn't really know what I was going to use the assistant for, but I was like, Hey, I just, I just need a little help. Um, that's what taught me about leverage. Mm -hmm. Once I got my first assistant, I became addicted to getting systems, assistance processes. And that's, that's, that's actually my purpose now. So now I help people figure out their processes to live out their purpose. Mm -hmm. So, um, I became very addicted to doing things that allowed me to leverage, right? So now I'm 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 taking the money that I'm that I'm making and reinvesting it in in the business and the way that I'm reinvesting it is through reinvesting it with people, right? Because hey, we all got those 24 hours in, in a day and we most people sleep half of them, right? But if I can bring someone on, pay them you know, virtual assistant, paid him $5 an hour, $4 an hour. And now I have 48 hours worth of work that's able to get done instead of that 24, right? I'm only spending $5 an, an hour to get double the productivity, okay? Then I add on another one, have them train that other person, right? And and now we're creating this system that's that's building the business that's that's bringing it up and it's expanding it right and i'm doing it in a way that i'm scaling so i'm scaling with the income i'm scaling with the productivity and that's what's fueled like so many different things in my business so i started out virtual assistant went on upwork even today i'll hop on fiverr in, in a minute yeah like I was it's, gonna say what are, I was gonna ask what your I've used Fiverr before, but what are your what are the avenues someone can look to to get assistance at such a low cost? Yeah, so um upwork um dot com. So upwork.com, then there's onlinejobs.ph. Um there's a lot of VAs on Instagram now. The Philippines that, is quite the source for yes. my assistant is also in the Philippines. <laughs> Mine which I love him dearly, like um, his name's Christian. He's in the um, Philippines also. And like, we have a great bond. Now, let me, let me, let me say this. It has not been just peaches and cream with, with assistance and hiring people. Like it's, it's definitely some skills you got to acquire, but it's, it's been a good learning experience. Every person that I, that I hire, it's been great to develop me. Um, Facebook is a, is another place. 
let me tell you something about Facebook. And I'm, I mean, I'm not a big Facebook person. Yeah. However, there is a group out there for any and everything. Like you can literally get on Facebook and type in virtual assistants and there will be groups that pop up um, looking for VA jobs and um, VA appointment setters, VA administrative. And it's, and it's groups filled with people who are looking for jobs. Like, and you can just go in there, post what the what what your job is. People will comment. Your inbox will blow up of people wanting to work these jobs, right? And as you're as you're doing this, because I'll tell you when I when I first started, when I first hired my first person, it was more of like an ego thing. Once I had him, I was like, yeah, I got an assistant. You know, I'm my big time. Did that for me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I got an assistant. But but now when I say that I'm addicted to bringing on assistance and, and help, it's I, I, I think of it as far as income, like, hey, anyone who I bring on, they have to make me three times the investment that I'm putting into them okay. or for them. Mm-hmm. Right. So three times their salary is what should be coming in after they're up and running. Mm-hmm. Right. And then they have to save me a whole shift worth of worth of work. So they have to save, be able to save me a full eight hours. So you're making more income. And then now you have a free eight hours on your plate. You being the leader, the boss, the CEO, how much money can now that eight hours make you? Mm-hmm. Or what can that eight hours allow you to do? People ask me all the time, Chasen, how do you do real estate and go around speaking and this and that? Well, that's what that eight hours allows me to do, right? So that's how I think about it now. Love it. I am so, I, I realize now why the universe brought us together. We're going to talk about it after we stop recording because I just <laughs> figured it out. Um, but I'm so happy to hear this because, you know, my I started my business as a professional organizer and it was about creating intuitive systems, right? For less clutter and more control. So that's where we align as well. We like the, the discovering, the growth and the learning around systems about uh, productivity, efficiency. Um, assistants have really helped both of us. Um, grow our businesses. And I'm so glad that you've shared some resources that I wasn't aware of. Like to, I would not have thought to go and search on Facebook, you mm-hmm. know, for an assistant. So like that's alone is, is mind blowing for me. Um, how are you communicating with them? Like, here's, here's the thing, I guess I found that when I first started using an assistant, something that I very much pride myself on is like, I'm able to remember everything and to do it and da, 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 da. And I found when I started delegating to my assistant, I was like, I think I was forgetting more things because I was like just passing them along. Mm-hmm. This was, and this is my first, I've never had an assistant before. So like, this was my first experience. And I was like, oh, I don't like this. Like, yes, she's helping me out and giving me more hours and all that kind of stuff. But I feel like I'm not as, I'm not opter- operating optimally anymore because mm-hmm. I'm passing things off to her and like letting myself slide. Does that make any sense at all? Or am I crazy? No, yeah. Here's here's the thing, though. Here's the other perspective that I want to offer you. Yeah. Um, you're not optimizing for those tasks anymore uh-huh. because uh-huh. they're not. It's it's not what you're meant to do anymore. So let them take that and run with it and be great at it. Now your cup is empty again for you to now optimize and be great at those next level things. 
Yes. Thank you. No, I'm going to cry because you're right. It was, that's the perspective I needed. Cause I was like, oh my God, like, um, something small. Like I handed her, my dog has to get this medicine once a month from the vet. Right. Something mm -hmm. small and personal, but still I handed that to her. And then, you know, I found prior to having an assistant, I had an internal clock plus my Google calendar and all the things, right. To keep me organized. That was like, oh, okay. I need to call the vet so that I can get Juno's medicine. And then all of a sudden I completely forgot about it. And then my assistant, my assistant's like, Hey, I called the vet already. So you can go pick up his medicine. I was like, Oh my God, I totally forgot about the medicine. So that made me feel shitty. Cause I forgot. But then I was like, well, the whole point of me hiring her was so that I didn't have to do that anymore. Mm. And I love, I love the reframe you just gave me. It's like, yes, like you said, that extra five minutes that she took away, you know, to call the vet, whatever, whatever. And the mental load that that had small, but mighty, it's another thing mm. that I have to do. Um, was more time for me to go to the gym yeah. like you know like that so see this is why we're talking this is why we, yeah. you know and I and I don't know if you know this but like I don't have um that internal monologue so like I have to talk out loud about everything which is part of the reason yeah. I started this so I thank, love it I love it thank you for that so tell me a little bit about how you're, you do so many different things. You are still a real estate agent. You're a speaker, as you said. You're also, seems like you're coaching other business owners, right? On on, on processes and, and systems and things like that. Can you break down for me the pie chart of Chasten? <laughs> like, is it 10% speaking, 20% real estate? What does that look like for you? Hmm. Um. Gosh. So I would say do about 30%, 30% speaking, okay. um, about another 30% real estate, and then 30% coaching. Mm -hmm. And then I have 10% where I am always building something. Mm. So I'm, I'm, I'm building, um, a new endeavor or a, a new project. So like right now it's writing another book last year, it was um, doing a few home flips. Right. So like, I always have a piece of the, the pie that allows me to do something else, figure, you, you know, I gotta, I gotta, I get bored easily mm -hmm. sometimes. And so, you know, I got to have other projects. So I would say 30, 30, 30 on those three things. And then there's my free, free range, free project, 10%. I love that breakdown. Um, I, I, again, I'm a visual person. So that's why I yeah. asked the pie. I was trying to, to understand where you dedicate, like how much of your time do you dedicate to each of those things? I want to talk a little bit about the coaching part because um, I feel like Again, it's about saving people time, right? And and that's something that we both um, value. Have you hired coaches for yourself in the past? I have not. I oh oh to to coach me. Coach you, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I thought I thought you meant hired coaches for my company oh, outside no, of me. No. Um, What's no, your yeah. Your, 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 who has who's been a mentor, or a coach, or a guide? You know, a guiding light for you because I think you know, for all entrepreneurs, we eventually figure out that we can't do it all ourselves. We kind of start yeah. off that way, right? Because I think yeah. that that's why we want to be our own boss and we're doing it all. But we have to uh, learn from other people. The, the person I just interviewed last week, Sadik, he's a, he's a, a coach for creative and in, in introverted entrepreneurs. And mm -hmm. he has this theory of borrowing belief. 
when you're an introverted person, you have to borrow belief from someone else until you can believe in yourself. So who are some coaches or, you know, what's your experience been with people guiding you? Yeah, sure. So I would say when it comes to me seeking out a coach or even the the coaches that I that I've had, I've I've always went for people who are not that far from where I am, if that makes makes sense. They're in that next chapter or maybe two chapters ahead. I have never been one for like the big celebrity coaches, you know, like the big ones that that everybody knows. Um, me, I need someone who is still very much so serious about their grind, but it's possibly where I was three to five years ago or where I am three to five years ago, you know, who can get me to where they are right now. And then I continue to move on that path. And that's worked well for me because it allows me to connect more intimately with with those those people and actually have them be very relatable and understand what I'm going through. A lot of, you know, not to talk down on any coaches, there's a there's a lot of knowledge and information out there and a lot of things that that work. However, when it comes down to actually getting stuff done and how relevant things are and how practical things are there 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 has to be a closer a closer i don't know time frame or connection oh, smaller gap which will smaller gap yeah, yeah. A smaller gap, which will allow for greater connection, which again is going to lead to uh, a more productive and fruitful relationship. There you go. Exactly. Um, that's awesome. I uh, my first experience with like a, a life kind of coach came out of anxiety from my business, and I was just like, you know, the struggle for me is like the difference between like being and doing, and trying to be in the middle of that spectrum. It's so hard to just be. I'm like, yeah. I need to produce, I need to do something. I know you understand that. Yes, yes. <laughs> and trying to find that balance is really tough. And sometimes we need outside sources to give us some guidance. So I really love that you have added a coaching aspect to, you know, all of your entrepreneurial endeavors, because not only are you helping people find homes, you're helping them to grow in themselves and in, the, in their businesses. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about helping people find their homes uh, yeah. and your experience in, in real estate. One thing I always notice, I don't own a home. Um, I am a, of the millennial camp of student loan debt and all of the all of the good things, you know. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, the ingredients don't really add up to owning a home anytime soon. But one thing I always see on social media is like when one of my friends has bought a house, they always do this post praising their real estate agent because now they're best friends. And I'm like, what the hell happened in the process for you yeah. to fall in love basically with your real estate agent? Obviously, I've never gone through this experience. So can you tell me why someone has that post at the end of the day when they bought their house and they say, we can't, we couldn't have done it, you know, without this person. Like, it seems like an actual person to person connection, not a business transaction. So oh, yeah. a little bit about like what that looks like for someone like me who has never bought a home and doesn't understand. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely is more so a relationship um, that gets developed during the, the process because you got to think about it your your real estate agent they're gonna know all your business they're gonna you're gonna be around them a lot um you're going to possibly go through a lot of stressful moments with them 
because this is a big decision, you know, from, I mean, everything from being scared, being not knowledgeable down to having buyer's remorse after it's all said and done, you know? So those are such, um, those are such emotions that, that like your agent is the only one you can really talk to about that. And they pull you off the ledge. But I think one big reason why you see those types of posts is because a lot of buyers went into the process not knowing that it would actually be able to happen, hmm. you know? And so it's, it's kind of like, Hey, I don't know if I have enough money. I don't know if my credit is good enough. I don't know if my debt to, to income. And then you have that real estate agent being the cheerleader. No, no, we're going to figure this out. We're going to do it. Okay. That offer fell through. Don't worry. You know, this, that, and the other, all of these things come into play. So yeah, at the end, when you're like, crap, you did get me here when I doubted probably 90% of the time that this was going to be able to happen, you know, and it's, it's not until people buy their, you know, third, fourth house, then, then they're like, okay, yeah, I got this. I'm gonna tell you how to do it. But uh -huh. before mm -mm, you, you're, you're very thankful that they pulled it off. That makes a lot of sense. I, you're, I, guess you're when you said like your real estate agent's about to be in your business i'm like i guess so they're gonna have all the bank statements they're gonna <laughs> you yeah. know the finances are probably the most intimate probably part of of the process that seems like so much work for you as a real estate agent not only on the operational logistical side but on the psychological and emotional side how do you balance doing that for so many people like how many clients are you looking for a house for at any given time yeah, I mean, I've I've closed upwards of over 100 clients in a single year, you know, um, but here's the thing, like in this in this type of type of job or career, I can't I can't have that attachment, you know, um, excuse me, for me personally, personally, and you can say that I'm a cold person or this, that and the other, like but i i can't i can't take on other people's emotions and i've gotten really good at that like that this this goes back to keeping your mind strong because you got to know how to separate hey this is their problem or this is their situation and not yours and then you also have to, have to remember that you know it's not easy to get clients in real estate, right? There's thousands of real estate agents out there. It's not easy to get clients. If you roll up and you show me your bank statements and you only got a thousand dollars, right? And I'm an agent who wants some clients. I'm gonna figure out every kind of way to get that thousand dollars to you owning a home. So like, it's, it, it's not even an embarrassing thing um, for for the client because the real estate agent they want to get get paid so if you're raising your hand hey i'm about to find a lender out there that can make it happen for you with your thousand dollars you know um and so there's that pressure of wanting to get it done right mm -hmm. well i don't i don't want to call it a, a pressure the motivating factor of wanting to get it done and hey, if if you're having a bad day and I know that I need to make your day better <laughs> in order for us to close on this so you so you don't give up, that's what I'm going to do. 
I'm doing my job, right? It it it's taught me how to be empathetic because I wasn't before. <laughs> it it it's it's taught me how to um appreciate you know certain things. It's it's taught me how to talk to people, right? Like it's taught me a lot. But in my head, I'm doing my job, right? Like that's a part of my job. That does not mean I'm taking on their their burdens. That does not mean that I'm, you know, whatever. I'm just doing my job. And so that's that's how I think about it. Oh my God. Uh, again, this is why the universe brought us back together because I was just telling something like, I don't have empathy naturally. And it's not that I don't care, but also I don't care, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, you, we are on the same page about that. Um, I want to talk, I have one more question from like the buying perspective. And then I want to switch to the selling perspective for mm -hmm. someone who's looking to buy a home. How do they go about finding the right real estate agent for them to represent them or to look for for places for them to hopefully buy? Is it just a Google search, real estate agent around me? Uh, <laughs> I would say to, to find the best agent for you, look where you find the best people for anything else. Um, so for most people, it's social media, it's, it's TikTok. Um, that's what's helped me tremendously. You know, I, I do a lot of YouTube and social media. And so Clients are able to get a sense of my personality, see me. Yeah, I don't attract everybody, but the ones that I do attract, we have a good time because it's it's kind of like they already know me, you know, um, because they they've watched so much of my content. So I would say start there, especially nowadays where I'll I'll tell you this in our industry. Every agent is trying to learn social media right now. Every agent is trying to put themselves out there right now. So you should be able to have your pick of the, the litter. Um, and we're in, we're in Texas, right? Every real estate agent in Texas has the same license. So we can all help you do the same thing. Mm. It just comes down to, you know, who, who, who will you genuinely enjoy being around? Who, who do you see yourself talking to? Who do you see like, hey, I don't mind having a drink with this person, you know, or going to lunch. That'll make your experience so much better. And um, because you don't want to be in that situation where you're scared to tell your realtor something or, you know, oh, they're going to judge me this and that. No, like who's going to just be be real with you? And they can be any age, you know, like younger, older, like find the one for you best place social media i'd say that's so crazy because i i don't know i guess uh in my head it's still an old school thing where like you 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 google and yelp the real estate agent but you're absolutely right i mean it just goes back to connection human connection right like at the end of the day people relate to other people and like you said because you're gonna have such an intimate relationship for a certain period of time until you find a house with your real estate agent if you can't sit down and have a drink with that person and enjoy their company then yeah. why would you trust them with all your info, all your business to find yeah. you the place that you want to call home for the however many years? Because our homes are probably the most sacred places, right? So you are really, you really need to get to know your client, I guess, to to figure out what they're they're looking for. Um, that I guess that kind of answers from the selling perspective too. Like if someone wants to sell their house and find an agent to represent them, they could also start on social media and right and find. Do uh, do all agents do buying and selling? Um, most of them do. Okay. Most of them, them do. Um, 
until they get to a certain level mm -hmm. and then they can kind of have their preference once they built up clientele and built a team. Um, but I would say as far as selling goes, that's something that you do want to look into just a little bit, bit more. Mm -hmm. So um, personality is definitely a big factor, but on the, the selling side, it's, it's not as, um, you don't have to dis well, not, you don't have to disclose as much, but they're not all in your business like that because it's more about the property. Right. right? And so in that case, you want to look for who do you see marketing a lot? Like whose signs do you see a lot? Whose ads do you see a lot? Like you can tell that that's the type of person that um, really invests in getting a home sold. Um, drive around, look up open houses and stop by open houses and see what that realtor is doing at that open house. Like, are they really trying to sell you that that house? Or are they just like, oh, look around, let me know if you need anything. Uh -huh. Because those are things that, that you want to know for who you're going to hire. You know, if you're getting somebody's postcard in, in the mail every other week of them advertising properties, you see them at open houses, they're really out there doing it. That's the kind of person that you want to sell your house because they'll put that same energy and attention into getting your property sold. That makes so much sense. Uh, you know, when you're buying, it's about finding an agent who you connect with personally. When you're selling, it's about finding an agent who connects with your property. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yep. I love that. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I have where I had one more question that I was, I'm just so like, uh, there's so many things I want to talk about and I'm trying to work. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And this is a debate habit that I still have. I still write notes while people are talking, right? Because you have to be yeah. listening so that you can cross-examine them. And so yep. Like, yep. <laughs> um, I very much still have a lot of like those, those debate skills are very much alive in my everyday life. Actually, let, let me go there since that's where my brain went. Um, what are some of, if for someone who wants to become a real estate agent, who is interested in thinking, you know, who is thinking about it and is interested in it, what do you think are, I guess, like three basic skills or personality traits that they need to have uh, to be successful as a real estate agent? Sure. Um, three personality traits. Okay. So I would, I'm going to first start by saying if you have a natural entrepreneurial sense about you, a personality about you, definitely go into the business, right? Mm -hmm. Um, because you can, you can make it work. Um, people who are more outgoing tend to do well, um, because if you got to come into this business and overcome being face to face with people, talking on the phone with people, walking into a room like that's just too much. That's 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 just too much. So you have to have some type of outgoing energy with mm -hmm. you. And then lastly, I would say someone who is willing to be uncomfortable a lot. Mm -hmm. Um like, like you gotta be willing to step outside of your comfort zone and, um, yeah, like you gotta be willing to listen, to follow instructions, to step outside of your, your comfort zone. Like you gotta be that person. Everything else is all learnable. Like right. you're going to learn contracts, you're going to learn scripts, this, that, and the other, but you gotta have those, those rooted things that may require you to go 
back and overcome some traumas in your childhood and like you got to get that stuff together on your your end and yeah you'll you'll be good in in the business if if you can fit some of those characteristics so that all makes sense um what are like three uh tools or systems or programs that someone who's getting into real estate you think should take advantage of, whether that's a CRM that you find that's really great for the real estate industry or a calendaring organizational tool. Yeah, so there's so much of that stuff out there. Um, and I can drop names here and there, but where I want to start with that is, for one, take a DISC profile test. Um, just just take one, D-I-S-C. Okay. Take a take a disc personality test. Um, that's going to tell you a lot about you and how you interact with others when it comes to work. And Tony Robbins has a free one on his website. Just go to tonyrobbins.com forward slash disc. Next, grab the book Strength Finders 2.0. Okay. Strength Finders 2.0, it it has an assess. I mean, it's a great read, but there's an assessment in that book that is going to tell you what your true strengths are. And here's the thing with that, because within real estate, there are several different things that you can do within the real estate business. But everybody's not a team leader. Everybody's not a commercial agent. Everybody's not this. You want to know what your strengths are so you can not try to um, bring your weaknesses up, right? Like you want to know where you're strong at so that you can put more focus on those areas as you're going down your journey. The whole thing that I feel like will make you successful in this business is bringing those things that you're an eight at, mm -hmm. maybe, maybe a seven and eight and getting those to a 10, then trying to get those things that you're a one or a two to attend because it's just it's just not going to happen and it's going to constantly be a struggle strength finders will let you know what those things are when it comes down to tools i'm going to tell you i am damn near switching to another tool every other week because ai is is, is literally you know it's it's emerging and, yeah. and and it's coming out in all kinds of things and so i'll say for like crms mm -hmm. right they all do the same thing for the for the most part. Um, a CRM is not going to make you you rich because by using a CRM, the true art of it is comes down to what you do with it. Right. Right. Um, you can have all the features in the world, but it comes down to what you do with it. Um, I would say online school versus in-person school. This comes down to you as a learner. Mm. Right. Can you learn online self-paced and remember stuff? Or do you need to be in a classroom where they are quizzing you and, you know, you can ask questions, right? And I've been on both sides. I've I've done the online school and I've done the um, in-person in school. It's just going to be whatever floats your boat. Once you get into the business, what company you work for or what company you start with probably won't be the company that you stay with. And that's the beautiful thing about, you being an ind um, independent contractor, aka your own business owner, right? You're not contracted to work for any of these real estate companies. It's going to require you to see what's a fit for you. You got to keep in mind, there are, I can say in Dallas alone, there's 
30,000 real estate agents. So with that being the case, just in my metropolitan area, there's millions of them across the country. So when it comes to tools, systems, processes, this and that, there's something out there for everybody, which is why I recommend starting with these personality assessments, whether you believe in them or not, start with these. So that way you can say, okay, based on my personality and my strengths, this is going to work out for me a lot better than that one, even though that may seem like it does more, right? And just to make an example out of this, there are people who are phenomenal using Excel spreadsheets and Google Sheets. I mean, they can make a whole system out of those Google Sheets, right? Me, on the other hand, I need the dashboards and and I need the oh, boxes the, you can move. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and 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 knowing what I what I know, you know, just because of the schools you and I went to, yeah. all that stuff is controlled by spreadsheets. You know, it's back. all spreadsheets on the back end, right? But it's 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 the same thing. But I'm gonna be stronger using one versus the other. That's how this business is. I love all of that valuable, valuable insight. And this goes back, what's what's ringing in my head is knowledge is power and knowledge of thyself is the biggest power. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know that I'm not naturally empathetic. So I tell people that so that if they need me to be empathetic, they tell me and I can turn it on. I know that I like the spreadsheets, right? Like as much as I try to use all the cute CRM things, I'm like, oh God, let me just fucking put it in a spreadsheet. And I, I understand it from that side versus you understand yeah. it from the front. I understand it from, from yeah. the back. And because I know that I'm able, you know, to reuse my time and my resources wisely. And I'm going to go towards the spreadsheet side. So yeah. I definitely, I have not heard of this disc uh, personality test. So I'll definitely take that because I'm very much into learning about myself. It's the number one thing we should all be trying to learn the most about because it grows and it changes. Yep. Um, my five love languages has changed, you know, over the last couple of years. I'm sure it has for, I, I would hope that it has for people because mm-hmm. that means that you've grown in your relationship to yourself and in your relationship with your relationship to other people. Yeah. Right? So yeah. Um, thank you for sharing those resources. I and- one little tip about that disc, yeah. make anybody you're interviewing, con- considering hiring, make them take that too. That's a requirement in on in coming on board at my company. Like I got to I got to know what your disc assessment is. Um, and depending on what comes back on that, I may not hire you. Um, you because know, it's not a, if it's not a good fit, that has nothing to do with who you are as a person. Right. Mm-hmm. I think one of my strengths is that I don't take things personally. Like, yeah. I, and I think that's important in any kind of entrepreneurial effort, because so many things are going to seem like they're your fault or that they're directed towards you. But if you let them overcome you, you're never going to move forward. So um, it definitely has to do with, you know, this is who you are. This is who I am. That's cool. Unfortunately, it doesn't look like we're going to be able to optimize each other in this in this dynamic. So yeah. I would rather save you the time and me the effort and say, I'm not hiring you. Good luck. I hope you find another partnership that that yeah. better. Right. Oh, my God. I don't even know what time it is or how long we've been talking for. Jesus Christ. OK, <laughs> thank you so much for your time, I guess. So uh, I can't wait to write up the show notes for this, which I'm not going to do. AI will do. Um, but, <laughs> 
Um, I have learned so much about you, about the industry. I think that people who are listening, whether they are on the buying side, the selling side, or the, I want to be a real estate agent side have all been able to walk away from this with some kind of next step or knowledge, which is what this is all about. So thank you for that. Um, at the end of my episodes, part of this exercise in my podcast is to, to not only be curious and learn how to ask other people questions, but to let other people ask me questions because I don't like being asked questions. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> you know, that's my, I guess that has to do with my childhood trauma around authority. So, um, I always, you know, give people the opportunity, whether it's one question or three questions, but is there anything you want to learn or know about me? I would be happy to answer. Yeah. I want to know. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, cause you didn't got, you didn't got made me get all deep, but yeah. I want to, I want to know what are, what are you proving right now? Ooh, what am I proving right now? Um, that's such a good question. I think I'm proving to myself that I can be both boss, powerful Jill um, but also creative, vulnerable, sensitive, artistic Jill. So, you know, I think the first 30 years of my life was spent setting up a reputation for myself, right? I'm organized, I'm productive, you know, Jill's a boss, she has the answers. And all of a sudden I realized, you know what? The message is clear. I think everybody knows who the fuck I am, right? But there's more to me. And when I went through my, you know, personal growth journey of through the separation and divorce is when I discovered art. You know, I don't think anyone would have ever thought that I would be an artist. I sure as hell. No, I mean, like, yeah, you know me for, for 20 years, you would never think that I would be an artist. It's spreadsheets, right? It's, 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 it's spreadsheets, it's lists, it's writing out an opening argument. You know, mm. I'll do that shit all day. So when I discovered this art side, it was like this piece of me that was like, Hi, we've been waiting for you to to unlock us, me, whoever she is on the inside. And so then I went down that rabbit hole and I focused solely on the goddess, vulnerable, creative, feminine Jillian, which was so different from the masculine, get it done, boss Jillian. So I went through that period, discovered this art in me, and now I am trying to prove to myself that I can be both of those people at the same time. I don't have to be just boss and I don't have to be just artist. How can I live in alignment with this new person that I am now and, and be happy and be able to fluctuate between the two? Because I lived in a very black and white world before, right? Mm. Yes, no, do this, do that, do not do this. And now I'm trying to, I guess, live in the gray and, and mm. fluctuate between the two and prove that it is possible. The hardest thing in that is my own personal narrative, right? And, mm. and changing the way that I talk to myself about myself. I, I have to stop saying, oh, uh, Jill baby, don't do that. You know, like yeah. Jill baby, don't go outside. Jill baby, don't sweat, you know, <laughs> whatever it might yeah. be. Because that's that old masculine gotta be the boss personality. I have to change and be like, you know what? Yes, I do paint and I have feelings and I I feel like I've cried more in the last four years than I ever did the first 30 because I didn't allow myself to do that. So mm. I guess proving to myself that it's okay to be vulnerable and creative and that doesn't make you any less powerful than the spreadsheets. If anything, it makes me more powerful because yeah. it has to do with me as a 
human soul as opposed to me as the human shell that is producing things constantly. I love it. Awesome. I have time for one more question. Yes. Um, if you were to write a book tomorrow, what Ooh. would it be about? I will tell you. I can show you my spreadsheet of all the lists that I want of the, the, <laughs> the books that I want to write. Yeah, like legitimately, I have a notion page. It has it's called personal projects. And I can tell you book ideas. See, here it is. There's three different categories. They're color coded on here. Um, there's three categories, children's books, uh, my story and self help. Uh, so if I were to write one tomorrow, I don't know which one it would be to start. But um, I would say like in the children's books, I'm just I love all of my friends' kids so much. And I think being an aunt or being that outside person is a really special place because those kids are, you know, looking to you for as like a parental guidance type of thing, but they don't have the same fear that they do of their parents or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And I've learned so many lessons through my other friends' kids because I have none. And I want to record those memories and turn them into lessons because whenever you're with Aunt Jill, hashtag Aunt Jill don't play, we're here to learn. So we're not just going to eat these goldfish. We're going to line these goldfish up. We're going to count them from one to 10 in three different languages so we can make sure that you're learning something. So nice. I would write children's books because um, I think I've learned so much from all of my friends' kids. Um, I would write a book about my story. I would say what I just mentioned, that first 30 years of my life being the firstborn daughter, first one born in America, and the ways that the old structures and frameworks were not serving me and how I broke out of them. When I was going through my journey, reading about other women's struggles and reading journal prompts and writing exercises really helped me. So I would also like to write a book about my experience because people learn from other people. Mm -hmm. um, and then also I would love to publish a prose book. Um, I, again, the creative side, I really not only just was painting, but was writing a lot. And um a lot of books that helped me get through were like Rupi Kaur, her book, um, Milk and Honey, which is really popular. Uh, those kinds of books where you just feel seen. Yeah. You know, things that make you feel like, damn, that was a brown girl who was struggling with life, with love, whatever. And I'm just sitting there crying, reading just six lines. You know, something so simple as, you know, I, you thought of me as your hotel and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. Feeling, I think we all just want to feel seen and heard and each of us provides a unique perspective and I think we don't do ourselves any service by keeping it to ourselves we we should share it so um yeah I would also uh, my other favorite thing is organization so I I have I wrote it in 2015 Chasen it's in my sitting next to my bed it's a book on death organization I know that sounds really weird but I'm really passionate about you know when someone dies, the person who dies, is they don't have anything to worry about. They're gone. The people who are left behind are the ones who are struggling. And if your shit isn't together, you're going to make their life on this earth very difficult. So how can we organize all of your information so that the people who are left behind can do what they need to do from an administrative standpoint without as much stress as they could possibly have? Um, so I wrote that book in 2015. It is sitting next to my bed. Um, and part of the reasons why I wanted to scale and get leverage and hire an assistant was like, there are all these little projects sitting here and I'm one person, like you said, with 24 hours and I can't do them all. 
Um, so I got plenty of books too. I got there in the children's book category, Jason, there are 12, 12, 12 titles in here. Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's like, you know, less a lesson on luck, a lesson on divorce, a lesson on, you know, whatever. I just kids are, I don't know if I want them for myself, but I love playing with other people's kids and teaching them and learning them and then giving them back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome. Well. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for your time, your energy, your knowledge sharing. Um, I just, just so much gratitude. I'm so glad we've reconnected. And as soon as I stop recording, I'm going to tell you the reason why I think the universe brought us back together. So. <laughs> okay. I enjoyed being here. Thank you so much for having me. And um, I hope that whoever's listening or watching this, I hope that, you know, you're able to find just a little piece of value from it. Something that I always say on, on my podcast, it doesn't have to be about the whole show. It doesn't have to be about the people, but if there was something in here that you heard that has had an emotional impact on you or that has made a light bulb go off or whatever it is, write it down and then share this episode with someone else. Oh, you're okay. the professional here. You've been doing this a little bit longer than me. Yes, that's oh, right. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to take I mean, you know, I just, I, I, like, I know that we talked about such great things today. And, and like, these are like topics that, that, that can transcend, you know, across many different lanes. And so, you know, if it, if, if something hit you, then it's going to hit whoever you share it with. And let's just keep this, this going. Keep it going. Thank you, sir. Yeah, absolutely.